you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Eric the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Good afternoon. This is Erin Addison's here on American Family Radio. I'm Will Addison, and this is Wednesdays with Will. I'm excited about the topic today. Uh, man, I, I really feel like this is something important for us as believers, for those who call themselves Christians, uh, to constantly be reminded about the God that we serve and the access that we have to God. But before we get into that, I want to go through a few announcements. Um, you can email us at addisons at AFR.net, addisons at AFR.net. Uh, follow us on Facebook, search Aaron the Addisons, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, which we've been blocked <laughs> at the present time, but you still, you know, if you want to um, subscribe, and you can view the, the broadcast live uh, on Facebook. If you go and search Erin Addison's and find us there, if you want to uh, check out the show. And if you miss a show, you can find the archive shows at AFR.net slash podcast slash Erin Addison's. And so if you go to the AFR.net page and you click on the podcast tab, you'll, you, you'll scroll down till you find Erin Addison's and click on that and you have our shows. Remember to sign up for the AFA streaming. Just go to streaming.afa.net and you can uh, create a free account where you'll get uh, the archive shows and things like that. Um, or you can subscribe and have a paid account where you'll get more uh, content. Make sure you download the AFR app in your app store. So make sure you go to your app store, download AFR app. Also, big news, Marriage Family Life Conference will be July 7th through the 9th. You should already have that on your calendars. If not, shame on you, but you can do it now. July 7th through the 9th in Tupelo, Mississippi. Our registration begins February 21st. That's Monday. And the first 400 registrants will get a discount code for 25% off. So that's February 21st. Go to marriagefamilylife.net. That's marriagefamilylife.net to register for MFL 22. Also, Miki and I will be at Faith Christian Church, 1500 North 19th Street in Monroe, Louisiana, on February 18th uh, to February 20th for a weekend of marriage and family events. And so if you want to come out and check that out, um, man, it's going to be an awesome time, but that's what we'll be this weekend, Lord willing. And if you desire a clear and concise teaching on a biblical response to critical race theory, go to resources.afa.net and you can pick up a two-part teaching done by Miki Addison on that topic. And make sure you visit the By Design Facebook page and also the webpage at afa.net slash by design. All right, all right. Well, today I want to speak about God. <laughs> like God, we talk about God all the time. Yes, 
but specifically the Holy Spirit. And I know I've talked about the Holy Spirit before, but I really felt like the Lord was leading me to speak on the Holy Spirit again for us to look at some scriptures, for us to uh, uh, look at the Old Testament and some New Testament uh, examples. And in my own reading, in just reading, man, I've come across so many instances where the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament uh, man, made himself known that he empowered for service. Man, we need God, the Holy Spirit. So like I said, I've spoken about this before, but I feel it necessary to uh, bring it up again. For us to be encouraged in our day-to-day practical living and walking with God. You see, this, this walk is an everyday walk, and we got to wake up with it on our minds, man. We have to wake up, you know, and, and say, Lord, how can I attack this day for your glory? You know, I'm trying to get better at that. You know, Holy Spirit, lead me, guide me, help me, uh, give me those divine appointments. You know, uh, the people I need to talk to, Lord, set those things up. Now, we need the Holy Spirit's leading every day. And there should be a dependence on God, the Spirit, as he is the one Jesus sent to be with us and in us in this present age. And we're going to talk about that. Uh, he led the children of Israel through the wilderness. Talking about the Holy Spirit. He gave insight to the prophets. He equipped men for service from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Holy Spirit didn't just show up in the book of Acts. (laughs) He didn't just show up in the book of Acts. From the beginning, he was and still is. And as Jesus, think about this, as Jesus was to his disciples, you know, Jesus was with his disciples, present with them three years, uh, teaching them, guiding them instructing them as Emmanuel, God with them. Jesus was with his disciples. You know, they were learning lessons. They were seeing his power displayed. You know, he was showing them that he is the Christ. Well, the Holy Spirit is to all of us today who name the name of Christ. He's like that for us today. The Holy Spirit is like that for us today. Because the the fact of the matter is, and you can see it in scripture, Jesus Christ is at the right hand of the Father. Make it in the sessions for us, right? Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. The Father's on the throne. The Holy Spirit is the one who's been sent. He's been sent here that we would have a helper, one just like Jesus, one that would do for us what Jesus did for his disciples. But not only would he be with us, but he would be in us. Man, it's a powerful thing. And I think we sleep on that, you know, too, too much. You know, and I'm going to talk about some of the abuses, um, you know, in, in different denominations and churches and stuff like that. And sometimes abuses cause us to step away from what's real. And it shouldn't be. Consider the scripture, the words of Christ. Say, I will ask the father. I will ask the father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. He will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you, you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. This is a promise from Jesus himself. He's speaking to his disciples. And he said, Holy Spirit, when I go away, when I go, he's going to come. I'm going to send him. He's going to be the one. He's going to be with you forever. The helper. 
And when you read that, it's capital H, the comforter, right? And he will abide with you and will be in you. He's pointing to what would happen, you know, to the apostles on the day of Pentecost. He's pointing to that. And what we all receive today as believers in Christ, that when we are, are saved, born again, Holy Spirit comes and resides within us. He lives within us. See, I will not leave you as orphans. But then again, in John chapter 14, verse 26, he says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will, what, teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. We need the Holy Spirit to teach us all things. You know, he's going to teach us what we need to say in those moments where we may be lost for words, where we need that scripture to pull us through a situation. He brings those scriptures to our heart, to our mind. We need the Holy Spirit. He's the helper. He helps us. And again, John chapter 15, verse 26. When the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, that is the spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify about me. We need the spirit. Again, like Jesus was for his disciples, teaching them. He was with them. They were following him. Well, the Holy Spirit would testify about Jesus to us, teach us, remind us of the words of God. We need him on a daily basis. And I hope I hope this is clear, because a lot of times we we don't really think about the Holy Spirit in that way. That each and every day, the leading and the guiding of the spirit, him, you know, showing us what to do, how to do it, giving us instructions. Man, we need that. We can't rely on our own abilities, our own strength. A lot of times we do that. We rely on our, you know, ingenuity and how we can put things together. But man, the Holy Spirit is available. He's here and he's here to help us. He's here to help us. And again, John chapter 16, verse 7 through 11. But I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. Why? For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment concerning sin because they do not believe in me and concerning righteousness because I go to the father and you no longer see me and concerning judgment because the ruler of this world has been judged. Once again, we need the Holy Spirit. We need his uh, guidance. And, and Jesus said it like this. He said, it's to your advantage that I go away. Why? Because the Holy Spirit has been in the earth from the beginning. But there's something different that happens. He's going to be not only with us. We see in the, in the Old Testament, he will come upon men and empower them for different tasks and different things. But you see in the New Testament that he's coming to dwell in us, that our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit. It's a whole different thing that he's going to live within us. This is why we can't join ourselves to all type of things, because we are a temple of the Holy Spirit. But it's to our advantage, it's to your advantage that I go away, he said. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him. And he come to do some great things, 
to convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. We need him. We need him. And again, John chapter 16, verse 13 through 15. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak. But whatever he hears, he will speak. (laughs) And he will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he takes of mine and will disclose it to you. So the fellowship is not even broken. We see the, the Godhead, the Trinity, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And so Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. But we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. And he is speaking on behalf of what he hears. He is speaking concerning the Son, concerning Jesus. He is disclosing to us what will, what will come. You know, we need that. I don't know about you. I don't know about you. But I need that in my life. I need that direction. I need that navigation, you know, for the Holy Spirit to lead and to guide me. And we have that as believers. Far too much, we rely on our own wit, our own uh, smarts and intelligence. But I'm here to tell you that, man, I need him. (laughs) I need him. I don't want to just go on my own. Not when I have available to me, God, the Holy Spirit, who leads his people, who leads his people. If you want to please Christ, then you want to submit to the spirit. If you desire to do the will of Christ, the spirit is here to help you to do that. He is God and he testifies of the son and whatever he hears, he speaks and will disclose to us what is to come man is awesome in times past he came upon the people of God but now he lives inside of us he lives inside of us when we come back we're going to look at some Old Testament those were all New Testament uh, scriptures we're going to look at the Old Testament and see the Holy Spirit at work and how he it was a picture of what was to come for the the believer to, to those who are going to be in Christ. We're going to look at those scriptures when we come back. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio, Wednesdays with Will. Be back with you right after this. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio, Wednesdays with Will, and we're talking about the Holy Spirit. Um, That's Ron Cannoli with Anointing Fall on Me. And as I was saying before, uh, just our great need and dependence upon the Lord, upon God, the Holy Spirit, and how a lot of times because of abuses that have taken place in the church, we like to distance ourselves 
you know, from the the Holy Spirit and what he has to, to bring to his people. And we shouldn't do that. We shouldn't do that. And I want to go back to the uh, Old Testament to look at uh, some of those scriptures where we can clearly see the Holy Spirit at work. Uh, Numbers 9, and I've uh, talked about this before. Numbers 9, chapter chapter 9, verse 15 to, uh, to 23. It says, Now on the day that the tabernacle was erected, the cloud covered the tabernacle, the tent of testimony, and in the evening it was like the appearance of fire over the tabernacle until morning. So it was continuously. The cloud would, would cover it by day and the appearance of fire by night. And whenever the cloud was lifted from over the tent, afterward, the sons of Israel would then set out. And in the place where the cloud settled down, there the sons of Israel would camp. At the command of the Lord, the sons of Israel would set out. And at the command of the Lord, they would camp. As long as the cloud settled over the tabernacle, they remained camped. Even when the cloud lingered over the tabernacle for many days, the sons of Israel would keep the Lord's charge and not set out. If sometimes the cloud remained a few days over the tabernacle, according to the command of the Lord, they remained camped. Then according to the command of the Lord, they set out. If sometimes the cloud remained from evening until morning, when the cloud was lifted in the morning, they would move out. Or if it remained in the daytime and at night, whenever the cloud was lifted, they would set out. Whether it was two days or a month or a year that the cloud lingered over the tabernacle, staying above it, the sons of Israel remained camped and did not set out. But when it was lifted, they did set out. At the command of the Lord, they camped, and at the uh, command of the Lord, they set out. They kept the Lord's charge according to the command of the Lord through Moses. Right here, we get a picture of the Holy Spirit leading the people. They would not leave or set out if the clouds still remained and lingered. But when it was when it was lifted, they 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 start moving again. I'm thinking about the life of the believer today. We have that same privilege in being led by the Holy Spirit today. To some people hearing this, that sounds crazy. It's like, no, nah, man, you're not going to just wait. Wait for this, wait for that. But I'm telling you, and the word of God tells us that those who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And we see from an Old Testament example of the children of Israel being led, being led through the wilderness by the cloud. And when that cloud lingered and, set, and settled over the tabernacle, they did not move. So I'm thinking about our lives when we have situations come up, certain things where we, we just want to get out of there or we want to leave or we want to. Is it time yet? I would say and I would encourage all of us to follow the cloud. Follow the Holy Spirit. There are situations that arise and we're like, I got to do something. You know, especially us as men, we want to do something. We want to, you know, make something happen. We want to make something shake, you know. But at the same time, what about depending and leading on the Holy Spirit? In ministry, if you're a pastor, there's all kind of events that you can do. There's all kind of things that are good that we can do. 
But are we following the cloud? Are we following the Holy Spirit? Is that what the Holy Spirit wants for that time? See, we can do a lot of good things. We can do a lot of good things, things that would be great, but it may not be what God wants at that particular time. Following the cloud, we can hit the mark. Following the cloud, following the Holy Spirit, we can hit the mark each time. That's what I desire for my life. You know, I have a family, my wife and my children, and I'm there as a spiritual leader of my home. I need to follow the cloud. I need to follow the spirit. Holy Spirit, are you desiring for me to do this right now? Should we make this purchase right now? Am I supposed to move here right now? What is supposed to happen? Man, that's why we have to draw close. Get get the distractions, some of the other voices out of our lives and, and have a clear path for the Holy Spirit to speak to us. The Holy Spirit in the Old Testament, the Shekinah glory, hovering over the camp and leading them in lockstep with his will. The cloud would linger five days, one day, one year, and the people would not move. Do we have that type of discipline to wait on the Lord? Because, see, a lot of times in our mind, when we're not moving, we feel like, oh, man, I'm not doing anything. I'm stuck. No, but if you're waiting, if you're actively waiting on the Lord, you're not stuck. Think about it. This was, this was a lot of people that God had brought out. It started out with 70 when they went into Egypt and they came out. You know, it was like 700,000. It was a lot of people. And all these people would not move if that cloud didn't move. So do you think some of those people were like, man, why are we just sitting here? It's been a whole year. That cloud ain't moving. Maybe, that, maybe, maybe you know, something's going on. We just need to go ahead and, and go out on our own. That's where we mess up. That's where we miss the mark. But see, it says here that the sons of Israel, that they did not move when that cloud was over the tabernacle. Do we have that type of discipline? Can we do that? Can we stop and just stay there until the Lord says move? Man, it's a challenge for me. It's a challenge for me. But man, I desire to be moved by the Spirit. I desire to, to go when he wants me to go and to do what he wants me to do. Another example, he stood, the Holy Spirit stood between Israel and Egypt as they passed through the Red Sea. An amazing story we was talking about this morning with our children in Exodus chapter 14. And so you, you know the story. God led the children of Israel out of Egypt. You know, they were going approaching the Red Sea. And then, before you know it, Pharaoh, you know, he, he, his heart was hardened and he came after them again. But in Exodus chapter 14, verse 19 through 20, it says, The angel of God, who had been going before the camp of Israel, so the angel of God, and, a lot, and when you look at this, many times when you say the angel of God, this was Jesus. So who had been going before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them. So the angel of God was before them. He moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood behind them. (laughs) So it came between the camp of Egypt and the camp of Israel. So you have the Holy Spirit standing in between Israel and Egypt. 
as the enemies are approaching, you have God there, not letting them be destroyed. And there was the cloud along with the darkness, yet it gave, gave light at night. So the children of Israel, get this picture. They were walking, and it was light where they were, but it was night behind them where the, where the Egyptians were. <laughs> it's a miracle. This is God defending his people. Thus, the one did not come near the other all night. So all night, that was this dividing line. This was the Holy Spirit. This was the angel of God there standing in between the enemies of, of God and his people, defending them. This is a picture of the whole, this is the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. Also, and this is one that I love, that I love, um, how the Holy Spirit, he enhanced the abilities of different individuals. Exodus chapter 35, 35 verse 30 through 35. It says, then Moses said to the sons of Israel, see, the Lord has called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, and uh, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. The Lord has called by name Bezalel, and he has filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, and in knowledge, and in all craftsmanship to make designs for working in gold and in silver and in bronze. And in the cutting of stones for settings and in the carving of wood, so as to perform in every inventive work. He also has put in his heart to teach both he and Oholiab, the son of Ahishamash of the tribe of Dan. He has filled them. He has filled them with skill to perform every work of an engraver and of a designer, and of an embroiderer, in blue, and in purple, and in scarlet material, and in fine linen, and of a weaver, as performers of every work, and makers of designs. This right here, man, is awesome. Because what you have here, you have Bezalel, you have Oholiab, and these two men, by trade, they're craftsmen. They know how to do this stuff. But for the building of this, of this tabernacle for what God was calling them to do, they had to be filled with the Spirit of God to, to perform these tasks. It wasn't just natural ability, but these were men who had natural ability, but man, they had the Spirit of God. So I'm thinking about us today and whatever work that you're doing. The Holy Spirit can enhance your ability. I know my brother Jeff, he likes sound design and, and, you know, he likes doing video stuff. And, and man, he's great. But the Holy Spirit can enhance those abilities to make it excellent. We have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. We don't have to live in a mediocre way in what we're doing. We should work as unto the Lord through the power of the Holy Spirit. And a lot of times we can be good at a thing. Say if I'm good at communication or I'm good at speaking, which I'm not the best at speaking. But if I was, well, I can rely on some of my natural abilities to engage people and to speak. But what about if the Holy Spirit would anoint my speaking? <laughs> what about if it wasn't just me putting words together? But man, my gift was submitted to the Holy Spirit and he would do the work through me. That's where we are supposed to be as the people of God. And I hope I'm clear on that 
because he gives gifts to men. We, we have giftings. We have talents. We have abilities. But those things, even people who don't know God have giftings and talents and abilities. But, man, we who know God, we submit our giftings, our talents and our abilities to him. And he infused it with his power and the Holy Spirit enhanced what we have. It's an amazing thing. God has given me a gift for managing it and networking and stuff like that. I, have, I don't have out front gifts. My gifts are behind the scenes. But in that, God enhances those things through the power of the Holy Spirit. He enhanced those giftings. And so when we look at the scripture here, we see the Holy Spirit all upon uh, uh, Bezalel and uh, Aholiab. And the Bible says that they were filled with the spirit of God in wisdom in understanding and in knowledge and all craftsmanship. It's amazing. It's amazing. There was another time uh, in Exodus, no, in Numbers, where the Moses had an altercation with the people. The people were grumbling. And, and Moses went to God. And he was like, man, what am I going to do? I, need, I can't provide food for these people. They're grumbling against me. And this is what the Lord said. In Numbers chapter 11, verse 16 and 17, the Lord therefore said to Moses, gather for me 70 men from the from Israel, from the elders of Israel, whom you know to be the elders of the people and their officers and bring them to the tent of meeting and let them take their stand there with you. I said it before, when God was summons to the tent of meeting, it was going down. Something was about to happen. You know, when he brought you to the tent of meeting, you can rest assured that something was going to happen. And this is what God said. Then I will come down. God said, I will come down and speak with you there. And I will take of the spirit who is upon you. Now, this is Moses. This is the Old Testament. He told him, I will take of the spirit who is upon you and will put him on them. And they shall bear the burden of the people with you so that you will not bear it alone. Now look at that. Now these men that, um, that Moses gathered, they were leaders. They were officers of the people. They were elders. So I, I can imagine they had leadership quality, natural ability and stuff. They were leaders of the people already. But he said, no, Moses, for this task, I'm going to take the spirit that's upon you and put, it on, and put him, I want to get that right, put him upon them. Put him upon them so that they'll be able to help you. So even for this leadership role, it couldn't just be the, the ingenuity of these elders or the great leadership skills of, of these elders. It had to be the spirit of God upon their leadership roles, upon their leadership abilities that was going to help Moses to govern the people. The Holy Spirit enhances the abilities that are already God given. So we need him. We need him in our work. We need him to parent our kids. We need him to help us love our husbands and wives. We need the Holy Spirit. And for us to uh, uh, abandon God the Spirit or to have a disdain or not even speak about Holy Spirit because of the abuses that happen in some churches, it's a shame. It's a shame. But this is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio, Wednesdays with Will. And I'll be back right after this.
This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio, Wednesdays with Will, and as uh, Vicky Winans, we shall behold him. And I better speed up so I can get uh, the content in uh, that I feel like the Lord want me to share today. Um, I, I, I left off talking about how Moses, um, he needed help with governing the people and and God said, I'm going to take from the spirit that's on you and put him on them. Old Testament, we see the Holy Spirit at work. I want to finish off what happened there because it's very interesting. Um, it says, the Lord said to Moses, this is Numbers chapter 11, verse 23 uh, through 30. Uh, is the Lord power limited? Now you shall see whether my word will come true. For you are not. So Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord. Also, he gathered 70 men of the elders of the people and stationed them around the tent. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him. And he took of the spirit who was upon him and placed him upon the 70 elders. And when the spirit rested upon them, they prophesied. But they did not do it again. But two men had remained in the camp. The name of one was Eldad and the name of the other Medad. And the spirit rested upon them. (laughs) Now they were among those who had been registered but had not gone out to the tent. And they prophesied in the camp. So a young man ran and told Moses and said, Eldad and Medad, are prophesying in the camp. Then Joshua, the son of Nun, the attendant of Moses from his youth, said, Moses, my Lord, restrain them. (laughs) Oh, man, it sounds kind of like today. Restrain them. (laughs) But Moses said to him, are you jealous for my sake? Would that all the the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them? Hmm. He's speaking about something that was to come. Then Moses returned to the camp, both he and the elders of Israel. Both he and the elders of Israel. Just a very interesting account there of the Holy Spirit and what what God was doing uh, with Moses and those 70 elders. And even those ones that were in the camp, that the Spirit rested upon them, and they were prophesying in the camp. In the camp. And it's something how Moses was like, man, restrain him. Restrain him. Are you like jealous for my sake? Would that all Lord, the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them. <laughs> now, that's Moses. That's not Paul, y'all. I'm just, I'm just saying that, that's, that's in the Old Testament there. All right. So some of the things about the Holy Spirit. I just want to go through this really quick, but I think it's very important. He gives gifts. As he wills, he gives gifts as he wills. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse four through 11. Right now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common, the common good, the common good. This is a place where a lot of if you want to label them, charismatics, you know, miss it. 
because a lot of a lot of times some of the things are done for their good, like because I want to feel good. But these things, these gifts that are given by God are for the common good. Okay, I'll keep reading. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit, to another the word of knowledge according to the same spirit, to another faith by the, by the same spirit, and to another gifts of healing by the one spirit, and to another the effecting, effecting of miracles, and to another prophecy, and to another the distinguishing of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same spirit works all things, all these things, distributing to each one individually, just as he wills. Just as he will. A lot of times we get stuck on, on stuff like this, on the gifts. You know, we're like, ah, oh, no, you know, that stuff was just for the apostles. I haven't read anywhere in the Bible where it says that those gifts stopped at the apostles. I, have, I haven't read it. And I know there are some people who would say, you know, who would call themselves and they say that, well, I'm a cessationist. I don't believe that the gifts are for today. Well, uh, Aaron Addison's, we are not cessationists. We believe that the gifts are still in effect today. Um, and we believe that from the scripture, we don't see where it has stopped. But that, that's not the topic for today. But I will say this. A lot of times what has happened was that the Holy Spirit has been defined by a gift that he gives. And so what you have is people equating the Holy Spirit with tongues. And then the whole denomination sprang out. If you don't speak in tongues, then you're not saved. Hmm. But that's a gift that he gives. And if that is what saved you, then it, wouldn't it be by works? The Holy Spirit is not tongues. The Holy Spirit is God. He gives gifts as he wills. All right. And I know some people are going to have a problem with that, but let's, let's press on. He also leads the church. He leads the church. In Acts chapter 13, verse 1 through 4, Now there were at Antioch in the church that was there prophets and teachers, Barnabas and Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaean, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. And while they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, <laughs> so get the picture. They're ministering. They're in the church. They're in the, you know, they're gathered together. And while all this is happening, they're fasting, they're praying, ministering. The Holy Spirit said <laughs> in their meeting, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And then when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So being sent out by who? The Holy Spirit. They went down uh, to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. So you see the Holy Spirit actively involved in the church, in leading the church. They're together gathered as the people of God, as the church. And the Holy Spirit said, all right, separate for me these two so I can send them here. I mean, is that how your church operates today? Or is it a, a board of men who come together and say, like, this is what we're going to do? Do we even, like, make room for the Holy Spirit? Can the Holy Spirit say, no, don't do that, but do this. I want you to not, no, don't, 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 don't put the mission here. 
Maybe the mission is supposed to be here. Uh, I want this, not that. Is there even any room? So, Will, are you against boards and all of that and elders? No, indeed. God gives those things. But what I'm saying is, do we totally block out the Holy Spirit because we got this? We have our way of doing things, and this is the way. Just a question. All right. He can also be lied to, and I'm not going to go through this whole thing, but you remember Ananias and Sapphira. But one of the things Peter said, that they lied to the Spirit. Right? He can be grieved. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. He is the teacher, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance. For the Holy Spirit Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. In Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 20, it says, you gave your good spirit to instruct them. Your manna, you did not withhold from their mouth. And you gave them water for their thirst. So he gave them the good spirit, the spirit to instruct them, manna for them to eat and water for them to drink. Luke chapter 12, verse 12. For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. He's the helper. I will ask the father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. That's John chapter 14, verse 16. He was from the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void and the darkness was over the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Genesis chapter one, verse one through two. So he's been misrepresented and abused throughout church history And he's been misunderstood. There have been scriptures taken out of context, twisted and misapplied. And this has led to many people dismissing the work of the spirit today because of lack of understanding. And because of the abuses, some say Holy Spirit doesn't operate the same today as in biblical times. But what if we were to put that same test on the other offices? So we'll say, the Holy Spirit doesn't do this or that. There's no gifts today. But we see pastors and teachers and preachers twisting the word all the time. But we don't say there's no pastors for today. There shouldn't be teachers today because they're twisting the word. So we'll look at a group of people who may be misapplying what God has said about the Holy Spirit. And we throw out everyone associated with that and say they all are dabbling in strange fire and things like that. All of them. That's general. That's a generalization. That's not true. But the thing is, when you have a teacher or a pastor who's teaching false doctrine and heresies, we don't get rid of all pastors now because of one or two who have missed the mark or, you know, a few that have done wrong. We don't dismiss pastors, but we do that with the gifts of the spirit. All right. Now, there were some of the early church founders, church fathers, and I'm talking about outside of the biblical time um, in the first, second, third century. That even during that time, they were fervently teaching about the way the Holy Spirit was moving in their midst. One was Justin Martyr. Justin Martin, Martyr, in his second apology, uh, he claimed that many believers are still casting out devils. He said, and now 
You can learn this from your own observation. For numberless demoniacs throughout the whole world and in your city, many of our Christian men exercising them in the name of Jesus Christ, who was crucified under Pontius Pilate, have healed and do healed, rendering helpless uh, and driving the possessing devils out of the men, though they could not be cured by all the other exorcists and those who use incantations and drugs. The spirit had not stopped working in the second century. So you have Justin Martyr testifying about the spirit working. Irenaeus, you have him talking about it as well. He writes, those who are in true Jesus disciples receiving grace from him do in his name perform miracles so as to promote the welfare of other men according to the gift which each one has received from him. For some do certainly and truly drive out devils. This is Irenaeus. So that those who have thus been cleansed from evil spirits frequently both believe in Christ, they're getting saved, and join themselves to the church, and they're coming into the fellowship of, of believers. Others have foreknowledge of things to come. They see visions and other prophetic expressions. Others still heal the sick by laying their hands upon them, and they are made whole. This is outside of, this is outside of the, the, the canon. This is the church as it is progressing. They still had these things going on. <laughs> Yea, he said, it's Irenaeus. Moreover, I have said the dead even have been raised up and remain among us for many years. <laughs> the spirit then does miracles, cast out demons, reveals the future, delivers the sick and even raises the dead. And it goes on and on. There's many more. Tertullian. He was another one who talked about it. Origin. He also talked about it. Novation, Cyril of Jerusalem. These guys all said that the spirit was still working in their time, doing great exploits. One thing I want to leave us with is what John Wesley said. And this was in August, August 15, 1750. He said, it does, it does not appear that these extraordinary gifts of the Holy Ghost are common in the church for more than two or three centuries. So it, it had begun to decline. He, he felt like it was declining. He said, we seldom hear of them after the fatal period, the fatal period when the uh, emperor Constantine called himself a Christian and from a vain imagination of promoting the Christian cause, thereby heaped riches and power and honor upon the Christians in general, but in particular upon the Christian clergy. From this time, they almost totally ceased. The gifts almost totally, totally ceased once Constantine gave them the nod. Very few instances of the kind were found. The cause of this decline of spiritual gifts following Constantine was not as had been uh, supposed because there was no more occasion for them because all the world had become Christians. This is a miserable mistake. Not a 20th part of them were nominally Christian. The real cause was the love of many, almost all Christians, so-called, was wax cold. They had no more the spirit of Christ than the other heathens. So it was because the love of God was waxing cold that the spiritual gifts were in decline. But this has been Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. Be back with you tomorrow, Lord willing. Until then, God bless. <laughs>